Good evening. Hey, uh, welcome, welcome to Partners Party and annual business meeting thing. Um, it, well, the title's not up there, but hey, it is. It's really good to be with. You. Thank you so much for being here. This is this is tremendous. Not just that there's so many of us here, um, but I've not heard of a single battle for a seat. And we have nine a.m.ers and eleven a.m.ers in the same building, in the same seats, and we've gotten along. And that's. Um, that's just a just way to go us. This is, this is great. Um, it's so fun. If you were here prior to six and just played outside and had fun, um, so great. It's so great just to be, I, um, I woke up this morning actually thinking this is, um, and been looking forward to this day for some time now. And, um, for, I guess personally for me too, just in my, my family, like we, uh, my middle son just graduated from high school and we're going through this, you know, transition. If you've, if you've had a kid graduate from high school and, uh, start the countdown of weeks off to college. Um, there's just a lot that that, that kind of hits you in, in this season. And so grateful for a church family, to be a part of a church family. And um, as particularly as I walk with, with Max through this season and see his friends and how they've gone through graduation as well. And there's just a when you when you have a church family, it's just different, and that's one of the great blessings that that we uh, have from God in our lives when we're part of a of a church that we actually don't just consider a church, but consider family and all that goes into that. The reality is is that we we don't all know each other, and we never will, and that's a good thing. That's okay. But when we have relationships and we know each other, and people are involved in our lives and care about us, it's a it's a great gift that when it's not there or when you see others that don't have that, you, you realize how, how blessed we are when, when we do have that and, and that that's something worth giving for and fighting for and just enjoying and absorbing and inviting others into. And so um, I just woke up this morning just, just grateful to, to, that I have a church family and, um, and want more and more people to, to have that. And so, and even eating sandwiches and playing on a bounce house is, a, is another way uh, to enjoy that. So um, I, hope that, I hope that you did. Um, as as we're here, I'm I'm reminded that uh, that e- even as we all walked in the door here and went to our tables, and uh, some of us are partners, some of us uh, are not partners, some of us are married to partners, some of us think we're partners and we just found out we're not. Um, <laughs> some of us have been around since there are people in this room that were a part of Mosaic when Mosaic was eight people. Um, there are people in this room that. I think there might actually be somebody in this room that came to Mosaic for the first time this morning. So we've got the whole span right here, and, and that's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Um, and so I, we're all going to walk through this next hour uh, together, uh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to mean something different to each one of us. And um, uh, our hope and prayer is that, that God would, would unite us as we, as we do this, as we walk through this. And uh, what we want to do is... is what we've typically done on these nights of, of partners parties nights is is to look back for the year that we're we're winding down and coming out of, and to look forward to where God is is calling us into the future. Um, as we just sang that that song, um, if you've been around for Mosaic, I think where's where's Phil out? Or did you run away? There you are. When's the first time we sang that song? Just the date and time down to the minute would be good. <laughs> So six months ago, we sang that song for the first time about six months ago, I think. And when, I, when we first sang it, um, I remember singing it for the first time on a, on a Sunday morning and walking up here. And the, the, 
the line that stood out to me was about understanding of when I don't need to understand. What's the line? When I trust you, I don't need to understand. And that just was just so loud for me when we first sang it. And as we just sang it just now, um, the line that stuck out to me was, uh, a spirit, something, oh, when the, where there is new wine, it's really meaningful. <laughs> where there is new wine, there is new, this is it. Where there is new, I got it, shh. Where there is new wine, there is new power. And then the line after that is, there is new freedom. Uh, I don't know that I could have heard that or been impacted by that six months ago, but now singing that, it just jumped off to me just now as we sang that. There's new power and there's new freedom. And um, we want to talk about this in a, in a little bit, but uh, when, when there's new wine and the biblical idea of, of new wine, it can't be an old wineskins, it's got to be a new wineskins. And, and what God actually does in a person and in a community when he does a new work uh, that there's, there's new power and there's new freedom to step into that. I had a mentor just this past week um, uh, talk to me. I was just sharing something that, um, that I'm learning. And he, and he says, it, it sounds like the Holy Spirit is, has more space in your life. And he used the term territory. Like there's more territory for him uh, to roam. And as I, as I just heard that, where there's new wine, there's, there's new power. There's more freedom. There's more freedom for us. But more importantly, there's more freedom for God to work in us. And... Um, so that's, that's what I think is happening and what I see happening in us as a, as a church family. Uh, as we look back and as we look forward, what I want to do is, is I want to go back to the last time we, we did this kind of thing. And again, many of us were there, not all of us were there, but in April of this past year, uh, sorry, last year, 18, uh, we gathered for Partners Party. And we gathered in uh, the north corner of Portland, North Portland, and uh, at a place called The Colony. And uh, we got together and we... We ate together, we worshiped together, we played together, uh, took great pictures together, um, sang together, um, talked about where God was leading us, uh, prayed together in some really specific ways, celebrated a ton of stuff, uh, talked about, got dressed up, um, looked really good, and it was, it was a blast. And that was in April of 2018. We in no way anticipated what the next few months would hold. The following four months later, we found ourselves in a very unexpected place that we, we just didn't anticipate. And, and the interesting thing was, is we didn't plan for it. And what happened was that God made it very abundantly clear that he had different plans for us. One of the things that we've learned is that we, we, we're good at coming up with a lot of plans. We as a church, for our 15 and a half, well, coming up on 16 now years of being a church, we've planned really well. And in April of last year, God went, nope. I'm going to take your plans and slide them off, and I've got different plans. Uh, we, had a, we had planted Mosaic North uh, in 2014, uh, and in August of 18, made the very difficult decision to fold North back into our Northeast gatherings here. Um, there's a lot that went on behind that and, and what led to that in a lot of different circumstances and thought that was the best decision at the time. And then the next month, we entered into a, a health assessment that said at, at our 15-year marker as a church and with the things that had gone on uh, in the year leading up to that, that, that we needed to do this and went through a two-month process of going through a health assessment and came out of that with recommendations and things that we learned about ourselves. Um, one of the things that um, that led to was in November and December is just prayerfully discerning where's God leading us. Um, and, and one of the things that was really clear is that nothing was really clear. And so we ended Advent and, and pivoted and looked into 2019 and looked into to this year that we're now in. And the only thing that we could grasp onto was 
the biblical idea of Jubilee. Um, and to be honest, I don't even remember how that first came up. I don't know who mentioned it in a conversation or where that idea came from. Uh, but in the book of Leviticus, there is this idea of, of a year of Jubilee. And we said, God's done so many things in, in the first 15 years in the life of our church. And we've, we've planted six churches, and we started a network for church planting. And we've done these kind of groups and those kind of groups. And we've served the city here and there. And we've done all of these things. And, and it's time for us to stop and to stop planning and to stop driving forward and to stop strategizing and even to stop visioning for a moment. And so we did that in January and just said, all right, we're, we're going to enter into a year of Jubilee. And we know some of what that means, but we don't know all of what that means. And, and so we just kind of said stop. And we stopped a lot of things that, that we would do as a church. We just put them on pause. And we said, we're going we're gonna to try to step into this year of Jubilee where God, in, in Scripture, what it's used for is to literally rejuvenate the soil and to let the soil be healthy again and fertile again, to literally forgive one another, to repay debts. That's a biblical idea. I don't know if anybody's repaid debts in here. We haven't organized that or heard about that. But, but this, that's the biblical idea that there's a, a repayment of debts, a settling, settling up and, and being ready to move at the end of the year. And so we're midway through that year of Jubilee. The three words that we that we defined that as were love, rest, and create. Love that we would return to our first love. That the, the primary center thing, the most important thing for each and every one of us, for us as a church, is, is Jesus Christ. Not doing a lot, not accomplishing a lot, not dreaming up a lot, not giving a lot, but, but that we would get closer to Jesus, that we would know him more, that our, our hearts again would burn for Jesus above anything else, and rest, that we would we would pause and we would learn how to rest. There's not many of us that are really good at that. And that was the second thing, love, rest, and then create. And very clearly, we're not going to create, but we're going to allow God to create a new story in us. And so with understanding Jubilee in that way for us, we, we kicked off January. I want to um, just kind of right now kind of say that we learned things personally and that we learned things about our church once we entered into to Jubilee and 2019. And um, I want to I share some of those things with you. Um, and I want to invite um, Adam and Kim to, to jump up here with me. Um, that's why we've got this just really nice space set up. And so um, we're, I'm just going to um, have them come and uh, join me up here and um, take a note from the audience with our first question. I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. Oh, sweet. Thanks. Um, I feel like I'm on a talk show. Are, are you going to? I was avoiding. You going to interview that. me? I was, I was avoiding saying that, but you, you just yeah. We need the applause light so that people know when to laugh and. Good. Good. Thanks. Um, We, uh, Kim and Adam and I have, have uh, gone around and, uh, you know, talked about what, uh, what we'd like to share at, at this night, and um, a lot of things came up, and we wrote a lot of things down, and at the end of it, um, we kind of each um, said, here's, here's what I've, I've personally in- learned and encountered Jesus this year, and, um, and so we just decided, hey, we've each got kind of one of those or more, and let's just sit down and, and talk about them instead of... Um, kind of making them really uh, organized and, and all set. And so we'll see how this goes. And 
you can let us know afterwards. But um, when we started this year, the, the, the love piece of Jubilee, of, of to, um, to return to our first love uh, being Jesus, uh, one of the places that we went was, if, if we're going to do that, if we're going to know Jesus more, um, we, have to, we have to call ourselves back to Scripture, um, that, that we have to be in Scripture. And it, it's great. We, we know it's great being here on Sunday. It's great being in a group. It's, uh, but if, if we're not personally engaged with God's, with God's Word, if this isn't a part of our life, um, we're missing a major way that, that Jesus wants to speak to us on a, on a daily, regularly, hourly basis. And so um, that's why we started the reading plan in, in February 1st and, um, and challenging ourselves to be in Scripture on a regular basis. Psalm 1 is a place to go to, to where this call from God to, uh, to be in his word on a regular basis and walk according to it. And it paints this picture uh, in the first uh, chapter of Psalms of, uh, of a tree being planted uh, by, by a river. And that image, we started this way in first Sunday in January, is, is also um, present in, in Jeremiah 17. And again, if you were here the first Sunday of January, I'm sure you'll remember. Oh, it's, it's not applause. Um, Jeremiah uh, chapter 17, verses 7 and 8 uh, say this. L- l- listen, these. I've got them up on the screen as well. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And again, similar to the song New Wine, when I read that in January, I went, oh, tree planted with its roots by the stream, the imagery of, I want my, my mind and heart planted in scripture, and I want God to be speaking to me as a, on a regular basis. And then now months later, what, what just leaps off the page to me is this, that last line. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Um, and and what, what struck me when I, when I read that now is the year of drought, um, for this, this year personally for me has felt in many ways like a year of drought. Um, it's not been easy. Uh, in, in some very specific ways, it's been, it's been painful. Um, it's, been a, it's been a challenge. Um, to, to close north back in, in August was, was <laughs> deeply difficult and painful. To, um, if you were around for the health assessment in, in September and October, and um, that, was, that was rough. Um, just surprised, stung, shocked in a lot of ways um, to learn the areas of our church that, that need help and that are weak, um, to learn personally that there are people in, in pain. If you were here for the, the day that, that um, this Sunday where we had the report out, um, one of the things that, and I, and I got up and, and said it at the end of the meeting, was um, to, to hear that people don't feel heard was like a, um, was literally like a blind spot to me. That didn't, it had never occurred to me um, and so to learn some painful things and then to, to walk through this year with um, a lot of challenge has, has felt like that. It's felt like a, a year of drought. And, um, and now to read that it never fails to, to bear fruit, um, that, that even in a year of drought, when, when I'm anchored in, in Jesus above anything else, um, that, that he's still working in me. And, and I would... It took me months and months and months to get to a place where I go, okay, I think this is where God's working in me. Because all I could see were, is where God wasn't doing the things that I was asking him for or wanting him to do. And uh, to get to the point of going, okay, this is, this is where I can see. 
um, him beginning to work, I uh, had an opportunity to go to a class in, uh, for a week-long class in January, and the three of us got to, to go to it together. Um, and one of the, the ways that God spoke in, in one of the, if, if you've been, hopefully you've had this kind of moment or experience where God so clearly speaks to you, um, it, there's, it's unmistakable. Um, for me, what that looks like is I need like three very clear coincidences that when added up aren't coincidences and it's just God, God going, hello. Um, and it was that, it was the uh, second week in January um, the teacher did a, a professor did a, a devotional in the morning and, and his devotional was on this exact verse. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's neat. I just taught on that Sunday. Oh, that's great. Um, the second to last day of class, uh, we did a, um, the, one of the professors said, he went through this whole long intro and talked about this thing and said, and just to end with, I want you to hear this song. And he plays this song, and it's the song, New Wine. Um, and I was like, okay, when I trust you, I don't need to understand. Okay, that's, that's two. So that's still kind of cool. Like, that's neat. And then um, the third one was, uh, I think it was Psalm 1. I don't know if I, is that right? I don't remember. Yeah, was it? Well, it was Jeremiah the first time. Oh, that's cool. Abby says, I hope tonight is going perfectly. <laughs> Abby's his wife, for those who don't know. <laughs> and she should be here, but she's an ER nurse and couldn't get off tonight, so she's on her way late. Um, I think it was Psalm 1, but it was the last day of class, and there was this other one, and I just was like, and I just said, I just, I just give up. I'm done. I give up. Um, this is... God is saying these things. And what was running through the entire class outside of those three moments of him going, hello, 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 was this, was this truth, was this line that was the core of the whole entire class. Um, and it was this, that personal renewal precedes corporate renewal. So listen to that again. Personal renewal precedes corporate renewal. And not corporate renewal like a company, but corporate renewal like, like a church, like a community, like a communal renewal. And um, what I hated about that and why it took me three times to, to hear from God, I'm trying to get your attention, I'm trying to get your attention, I'm trying to get your attention, is, is what that meant for me personally. That I can't just white-knuckle it through a year and, and expect God to do something new. Um, that I need God to do something new in me if I'm ever going to hope or pray that he does something new in, in us. And I don't say that as, as a leader, as a lead pastor. I, I need to say it. I have to say it. But it's also true for each and every one of us. I, I just get to go first in saying it. Not that I'm the first that says it or thinks it, but I'm responsible to say it. And, and I was battling with that because I, I didn't want to. I didn't want God to uncover some new thing. I didn't want God to do something new. And what he's been doing in me this year is um, something, and I'm still not completely crystal clear on it, but I know that it's something around, um, I don't get to be in control. I don't get to plan and then have it all work. Um, I don't see everything. I don't know everything. And, um, 
and that that's not fun for me. I'm sure you all have already learned that lesson and you're way ahead of me, but um, to go, oh, but God, if we're doing good things, if we're planning on good things, you'll show up and, and you'll work. And what it's done is it's done just what that song said, is that when the Holy Spirit kind of pushes pushes more of my will out to the edges and he's got more territory and room to roam, um, then I'm more aware of what he's doing in my life. I'm more aware of what he needs to do in my life. I'm becoming a different man. I'm becoming a different follower of Jesus. I'm becoming a different husband. I'm becoming a different dad. And what I found this year for me is that very little of that has been very comfortable and easy. And most of it has been very hard uh, and challenging. And I can honestly say, well, I can't say the no worries part because there's been worry, but in a year of drought, drought, I can see where God has, has borne new fruit in, in my life. Um, and it has felt costly and it has felt difficult uh, and it has been really, really good. And I'm not quite there yet, but I'm like right there being able to say, I, I wouldn't trade this year for anything. I think I'm going to get there. I'm just really stubborn. So I'm almost there. Give me a couple more weeks and, and I'll get there. Um, but there's been goodness that he's, he's done and worked in my life that I never could have planned for. Um, and I said, a, a, this was, gosh, before this last year sometime, maybe a year and a half ago, um, I shared a, a, a picture that God had given me of God inviting me out uh, into, into the backyard and saying, like, come out and play with me. And I was like, God, come on, we don't play. Like, we, we do work together. Like, we don't play. And, and it, it felt like God was inviting me out into the backyard just to, just to play with him like a, a kid plays with a dad. And, um, and I didn't understand that. And I, didn't, I, couldn't, I wasn't hearing from God. I was getting this picture, but I wasn't hearing from God. And now a year, year and a half later going, oh, okay. Stepping out into a place where it's foggy and I can't see and I can't hear God, but know that he's there and know that he's doing something and that picture's becoming uh, more and more clear. Um, that's, that's some of what he's, he's done in my life personally. And I, I can see that thing from six months ago. Personal renewal precedes corporate renewal. That we can't just say, hey, let's be this kind of church or, or, or do these kinds of things or go after this kind of vision. It has to be something that he's doing in each of us um, personally. That he's got to grow us and get more territory in our own lives before he can do something in us collectively, communally, or corporately. Tag, you're it. Oh, um, yeah, Tim had, had talked to us about sharing uh, some of what this year has either taught or uh, what we've discovered. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting year for sure. Uh, I think for my family and probably for a handful of people here, we're kind of uniquely impacted um, when North was closed. And, uh, you know, Tim talked about we have our plans and everything makes sense and there's this pathway that goes forward and, and roughly 18 months ago, two years ago, that was in motion. We were gonna take the lead at North and we were charging ahead, bought a house in St. John's and I think just about a year to the date that we closed on our house, we have our last gathering at North and I was like, okay, I didn't see that coming and, and, uh, and then everything that, that Tim listed in, in this year and, and, and feeling like, I've told people it feels like a whirlwind but I think that the best mental image I have is kind of like falling down a hill <laughs> where you're disoriented and it's kind of bruising you a bit and you're not sure what's going on. And, and so as I've reflected on this year and thought about what, what I would share that I've learned, because um, there has been a lot of 
of sweetness to this year too. <laughs> a lot of, of God showing up in ways that I've never seen or expected. And um, yeah, I, I'm with Tim. This might be a year I'm grateful for. Uh, I'm a few rungs back. We'll, we'll see. Um, but one, one thing that, that uh, this year has brought, and it's, it's something more personal, it's something actually a little bit recent. Um, as you go through seasons like this, I think there can be this, this tendency, at least for myself, to have this spiritual and emotional flare-up that wants to constantly measure how things are going to know how I am. And, and you guys don't do this. It's just me. I'm just weird like that, right? Um, and, and it's kind of like this spirituality is, is like a stock market. Like there's, there's highs and lows and there's gains and losses and you're pushing hard to see things go up and to the right because that's, that's ideal and there's record highs and record lows. And, and, and sometimes I can get caught in that in seasons like this where I'm, I'm looking around like, God, what are you doing through, through my life? What are you doing with my family? How is this working? And, and I just don't know. And I was having a, a particularly hard weekend with this last weekend on Father's Day weekend um, when I was camping with a bunch of dads from Mosaic. I was supposed to be having lots of fun but just kind of swirling with this anxiety and, and hanging out with these dads that, that honestly I just look up to. And honestly, I'm like, I, I don't know why I'm your pastor. You guys are, are great. And, and, and just kind of swirling in that. And in and, and the morning, um, we woke up, all of the, the daughters, and there was, I think, 12 of them, slept in a tent together, mayhem. And then uh, dads, we, we split the, the six dads with like two or three tents. And um, I was in a tent with two dads, and one of them left. And I was just sitting there just, just fixated on this and, and this anxiety of what, is this, what does this year mean? God, what are you, what are you doing? I'm aware of the drought, and, and, I, and I've seen your fruitfulness, but, but where are you leading? And, and just kind of had one of those prayers where you're like, ah, just I don't really know what to ask for to pray or, or to say, but just, just exhausted. And, and um, felt, felt God really speak to me um, and, and, and give me a picture, and, and that's oftentimes how God speaks to me, kind of that imaginative space in our minds. And and, and, and I recognized what this was almost instantly, and it was a, um, a picture of a, a juniper, an alligator juniper tree. And uh, yes, that's, that's a picture of one. I'm a native Arizonan, and so I'm very familiar with these guys. Um, beautiful, beautiful trees. Uh, they, they grow in the desert. Um, and and I, I just saw this. It just kind of flashed in my mind very strong and clear. And it was, it was as though God was saying, you know, you're your, your walk with me and this time with me, and this is, this is true of us as a church. It's not a, a stock market where every day there needs to be gains and every day we're tallying. It's, it's more like a, like a tree like this, that, that it grows. And, and these particular trees, they actually thrive and grow and produce fruit in the desert in the most arid places. And, and if you were to, to look inside one of these trees, you'd see all the rings, right? And, and some of the spaces between the rings are, are wide because there was lots of rain and and things were going well, and, and, and you could look around and, and just visually see God's blessing, just blessing after blessing. And then there's, there's rings that, that they're very close together. It's rings of drought. And, and in all that, though, it's just, it, it's just a tree. And, and I, I got home, and I, I was just blown away. I was laying there in the tent. I, I, Paul Kopic was next to me. I don't know what he was doing, but he had no idea. I was just like, oh, my gosh, God's speaking to me. This is incredible. And, and I went home and just um, started reading about these trees. And, and one of the things that's, that's beautiful about them, and it's, it's right out of the imagery of Jeremiah that you just read, is that they're one of the only things that constantly produce fruit in the desert. And, and they, uh, whenever you see them, there's typically life around them because they're, they're life-giving. There's, there's not a lot of things to eat in the desert, but there's little desert critters that will be all around them because they produce these berries. 
And, and I love the imagery of this, and, and I, I felt like it was another thing that God just gives as, as we're kind of going through this year, and there's, there's pruning that's happening, and there's renewal that's happening, and it's step-by-step step God is speaking. And, and, and one of the things I loved about the imagery of these trees is that they're, they're not Christmas trees, right? They're not pretty and set, you know, perfect symmetry and everything. They're, they're a little bit gnarled by the desert, but they have these deep roots, and they can survive storms. And, and they're, they're long-lasting, and they're fruitful when nothing else around is fruitful. And, and I had this overwhelming desire to say, God, that's, that's what I want for me. That's what I want for Mosaic, that even in seasons where it is arid and difficult, and, and there are seasons that twist sometimes the way that we look, that, that yeah, God is fruitful through us. And so it was, it was just such a cool thing. It's, um, it's really fresh in my mind. Um, I was really excited about it. I was like, Dana's like, you should get a tattoo of this. <laughs> well, hold on. Let's just hold on a minute. But um, There's no, no reveal? Like you don't? No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but just in the season, yeah, it's, it's been a, a, a different kind of year. Um, just in, there, there's a safety in constantly moving forward and constantly having a plan. There's, there's a safety in that and, and having to sacrifice that and say, God, we're, we're not going to distract ourselves with busyness. We're going to sit here and we're going to wait and be patient until, until you give us clarity of the people that you've asked us to be and that the renewal begins within us and then begins to produce fruit. And, and it's, it's been challenging to sit in that, and, and yet there's things that God is teaching that, that I don't know I would have caught otherwise. Tag Kim, you're it. I wish I had a tree analogy for you, but I don't. That's covered covered well. So um, yeah, those, those pictures are, are beautiful. And um, I, I just, um, this year has been trying and it's been painful. And there, I have been more shaped in it and, and more fortified in it by Jesus than, than in any other year. So I, I've been um, serving and leading at this church for the last 12 years. And in the, this last year, I have grown more as a leader and grown more as a disciple than I have in the entire, um, the entire other 11 years. Uh, and I can also say that I am learning how to be thankful for that. I look back and, and I wouldn't trade it. There's things about it that I might maybe want to bargain with God a little bit about how, how I maybe could have learned differently. But um, I just, I look back and um, I can just see his hand throughout it. So my, my year and my experience um, with this has been a little bit longer than the year that we've gone through as a church. So um, the beginning of Lent a year ago, a year ago this Lent, so um, February the year before, um, I had a really painful experience with um, someone that I had, who, who was a, a dear friend and who I had served with here at this church. And um, we had a pretty uh, significant misunderstanding. And, um, and it's not a reconciled misunderstanding. And there was just a lot of pain in it. And um, we were making Lent calendars. I don't know for those of you who went to the Shrove Tuesday pancake dinner and we made the the Lent calendars, and um, we were doing that as a staff, and I ended up having to leave and, and pick up uh, one of my children who was sick, and on the way I was worshiping, and God was just um, just telling me, like, just give me everything. Just will, will you follow me no matter what? Will you follow me even if you lose 
this person that you love and that person that you love. And I, yes, Lord, I will follow you. And that night we had our, our Shrove Tuesday pancake dinner and I got to greet down, down here. Um, and I love to greet. You guys probably know that. I love to see you. I love you guys. I love it when you're walking in. I get to see your faces. And, um, and I was standing outside greeting, and, and you'd walk by, and I, oh, I'd, I'd hug you. It's so good to see you. And then you'd walk down the stairs, and God would say, even if that person turns away from you, will you still follow me? And I would just start weeping. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, I will. And then somebody else would walk up, and I'd just smile, so glad to see them. And, and it just happened on repeat over and over. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Even if that person. Um, one of the things that God was revealing in those moments is an idol that I worship, which is, uh, which is people liking me and liking people. I, um, and um, God is showing me that, that he is better. Um, there's some scripture that talks about how idols are, are made of wood and they fall and they crumble and they shatter. And why would we worship them when we could worship the living God, right? Why would we worship them? And God is saying, I'm better. And in that, in that moment, oh man, I got to the end of that night and I felt so, so just kind of purified and good and good with God and just like, yes, Lord, we got through that. And I had just no idea. <laughs> what was coming this year. So um, this year, just kind of on repeat, ended up being uh, God just over and over shattering idols and showing me that he is better. And it hurts. It's painful. It's painful when there's something that you gaze at that, that, you, um, that you think is lovely and that, and that you turn your heart to, and then it gets knocked over and it crumbles. It, it hurts, Right. But then God would show himself over and over to be better. And so um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of painstakingly say that I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful um, because he's so good. And he, he's so much better than anything that we could turn our gaze on. Um, this uh, scripture uh, I wanted to share because this is, this is kind of where where I've been recently in Second Chronicles. And, and I won't read all of it, but if you have a chance to read it tonight or tomorrow, I just want to encourage you to because it's really powerful. But King Jehoshaphat, who's the king of Judah, and um, what's happening is he's appointed these rulers and, and um, he gets word that a vast army, that basically a gr- groups of different kind of nations are coming together and creating a vast army that's going to come after him. And uh, listen to what King Jehoshaphat does. Um, It says, Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. And then they, and then they pray to him. They, they pray and they, and they recognize, you're the God who's done this for us and you're the God who's done that for us. And then they say, we don't know what to do. We're looking at this vast army and we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Um, it, this is such a beautiful picture, I think, of the church. But it says, all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Um, and then, and the Lord speaks through someone and says, "Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's." 
The battle is not yours, but God's. And this has been something that we have been learning as a church family this year. We have stepped into this season of rest. We've stepped into this season of worshiping God, of being in his word. Uh, We sing the song um, Defender, um, but that we're going to... We're going to fight our battles by resting in who God is. And that's what, that's what they do. So it says, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. All the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Um, then some Levites and the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. After consulting, I'm kind of skipping around here, but after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord. This is their battle plan. I love it. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead They went out at the head of the army. So they sent the the people singing at the head of the army, singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And God came. God came and he he turned that, uh, the army started having infighting and they were unsuccessful. And basically these people were saved because they worshiped God. And we get to be that people. And, And I have loved that about this year together. I have loved that we are a church that in, in the pain and in the kind of confusing, confusion and going, uh, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. We've gone, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And we're going to step out of strategizing and we're going to make space to worship and be in the word and pray together. And who has shown up? The God whose love endures forever. So let's continue to be that people. I mean, I'm kind of... Sorry, I just am getting excited by this. <laughs> what are you apologizing for? That's, that's great. <laughs> you really don't have to apologize for that. That's okay. perfect. It's great. Um, I'd rather be that people, though. Right? I'd rather be this people that's worshiping and proclaiming God's faithfulness and his love than a people that's strategizing yeah. and making our plans. Yeah. Well, and how that... One of the things that we're called to, and we know this, is to be a very different kind of people, uh, that we're actually called to, (laughs) if we follow Jesus, we're called to stand out. I know that's not super comfortable, but we're called to be distinct. We're called to look and sound and act differently and distinct than everyone else around us. And that is, that's bizarrely distinct. That's wonderful. That's like, it's time to fight, line up, get your swords ready, and okay, drop them all. We're going to start singing and they're going to be confused and not know what to do. Like that's, and what that does is it creates space for God to show up and work because then we're not doing it. And that's, that's the kind of people that we're called to be. And um, if, uh, when, when we say, when I, I want to go back to the line that I, that I said um, of personal renewal precedes corporate renewal. And as, as Kim and Adam and I have, have processed that and talked about that and, and, and just shared how we're seeing that happen in our own lives. Um, I just want to be really crystal clear that um, that's the way that I want to lead. That's the way that we want to lead. That's the kind of church we want to be a part of is where we're seeing God work in our lives. Um, and then he's, he's working through us and, and other people and that that's true of, of all of us. And, um, 
And, and we're, we're seeing that happen. We're seeing God work in our, our church in, in new ways. And um, we're grateful for the work that he's done in, in each of us. There's a lot of work that he's done that, that we don't all know. We don't, we're not all having a mic right now and can share our stories because there's many of us that can share, this is what God's done in my life this year. Um, but the more and more that God does that, that he's going to have more space to work in and through our church. As we talk about where we've been able to see him stretch us and change us and refine us and and, and grow us. Um, we also want to share where we're seeing that happen. And, and you might know this, and this might be new to you, but the ways that God's worked in us in this past year. And one of the really clear ways is um, this, this, this message, this reflection from the team that came and did the church health assessment was, it's time to write a new story. Um, <laughs> that you've had a great story to date, but it's time to write a new story. And with that comes this unique permission to go after what God's calling you to next. God's calling you to be a, a new kind of people and a different kind of people, and your future is going to look different than your past. Not entirely, but in significant ways it, it will. And uh, I just need you to know that as a leader, that is tremendously freeing, and, and there's a ton of permission that comes along with that. And, and I hope that we all feel that. There's part of that that might be scary and unknown, and that's just part of the journey. But the God's saying, hey, I've brought you this far, 15, 16 years. Now I'm going to do something next with you in, in the future. And it's going to have roots in the past, but it's not going to be the past. It's going to be something new. Um, and so that's one thing that God's done in, in preparation for us for what's next is, is given us uh, permission to step into the to the next. Um, along with that is one of the things that we learned. Uh, we've got a couple coaches that have helped us through uh, a visioning process. And if you've been around and, and you know their names are, are Terry and Dan. And one of the things that Terry and Dan walked the new story team through, the vision team through, uh, was was that uh, the, the part of what we've experienced in the last year or two um, has actually been a normal life cycle of a church. And if a church doesn't go through the hard work that we've done this past year, we actually don't have a, a really good future. <laughs> and so one of the things that they, they, they walked us through really carefully and really well was to say, hey, if you look on a bell curve of a church, if you look at a life cycle of a church, churches have to go through this. And they said it's every 12 to 15 years. And so we kind of pushed it to its outer edge at, at 15, but said churches need to go through this for 12 or 15 years. And, uh, uh, Dan is, has pastored a church for 25, 26 years, and he said he's, he's just entering into the third time he's done that, and so he's right at around the 13-year mark or so. Um, but to, to stop and to listen to God for fresh vision and, and a new story and, and what's next. And so that was really helpful to, to learn and to hear and, and, and absorb of, oh, okay, not all of this, but part of what we've experienced this last year has, has been necessary and needed and, and natural. And, and that's one of the things that God's revealed to us and, and taught us. I don't know if you guys have others. I've got more, but I want to give you a chance if you've got some. Uh, other ways that what? We've seen God work in, in this year. Oh, man. <laughs> we, we've seen God work in so many ways. We have um, seen just... In the last uh, couple of months, uh, some of you guys have heard these stories, but God is drawing new people from the neighborhood around us to Mosaic. So, and and just His Spirit, not from anything that we're doing, but um, you know, there's a there's a family here. We've we've told the story recently, but they were at Baskin Robbins and and had uh, their their child, their five year old, and they were thinking, we this is what you were thinking, right? Like celebrating this kind of stuff. You're doing great. Okay, good. <laughs> 
but they, but they heard the music and they were thinking, oh, we haven't been to church in 26 years, but you know, life is hard. We should get our child exposed to, to church. And so they thought they would kind of come and, and like grit their teeth through it and endure it for the sake of their child. And uh, they came in and um, a couple of nights before uh, he had had a dream holding a baby uh, and, and had, had woken up weeping, realizing that it was a baby that, that was adopted. And, um, and they came and they sat right there and uh, they said that they just wept and shook and cried because Adam was teaching on Romans 8 in the spirit of adoption that God had. And God, God you know, kind of wooed them here through their child, but, but he was after them. He, they encountered him. Be, his spirit led them. I mean, we're, we're not in, yeah, we're just, we're kind of here and God's drawing people in. We've had... Um, uh, another family that came in that is uh, a blended family and is uh, just kind of seeking how how can we um, they don't really know what they're seeking but they know that they're they're seeking something other than what they have and and that they're 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 drawn here that there's a sense of hope here they're looking for mentorship they're looking for somebody who can walk with them uh, we just had uh, in coffee and connect a, a young woman who who was here and um, struggling with uh, an eating disorder and, and recovering from that. And um, she's just seeking uh, something other than herself. And her dad's just kind of along for the ride trying to support her and took her to a, a Catholic church, took her to a universalist church, and then brought her here. And she was just like, whoa, Jesus, you know, Jesus. So those, those are the, the types of things that we're just kind of blown. We get to celebrate these, um, you know, on Sundays with you guys and at family meetings and on Tuesdays in our staff meetings. But it's just, it's unbelievable what God is doing kind of in spite of us, you know, because of him and in spite of us. Yeah, I, I think a, a few things I, I'm celebrating kind of in that same vein. Um, Dana and I started a family discipleship group uh, here recently with like this real romantic vision of all these kids like sitting at our feet as we read God's word and that they didn't quite pan out. But as, as, as we've gotten to know the, the families in this group, uh, the majority of the people, the families in this group have actually joined Mosaic this year, this year that, that we're defining as drought and difficult. And it's just pretty revealing like, oh, oh yeah, God does this. It, it's not about what we're doing and how we're, you know, uh, making plans and and the other thing that's really um, just been so exciting and uh, something I, I keep celebrating is the, this revisioning process. I've, um, part of, of my, my history is working with church plants um, for quite a while, and, and a lot of the work of the church plant is basically creating a huge plan. You know, you have these things that are going to define you, you're going to go to this area, you're going to reach this people, this could be your strategies, how you're going to fund it, and it's just plan, 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 you work so hard, and, and that can be a good thing. Um, but, but this visioning process has looked nothing like that to the point where it's almost disorienting. Uh, they keep using this phrase, circling the mountain, and I, I've, lo- I've grown to like love and hate it because it, it means just be okay with what God is doing. And don't, don't define it. Don't try to get it all right. But in, in both of the, the vision, visioning times with, with our coaches, I've gone into it kind of thinking, how are we going to make this happen? I don't, I don't understand how this is going to work, and walked away saying, yeah, the Holy Spirit met us and did what, what only he could do. Um, no no, no uh, planning or strategizing or brainstorming quit of God is there. In both times that, that has happened, in both times going into it, I felt like, I don't know how this is going to happen. I, I, I don't quite see it. 
and left being like, God, God's doing this. God is telling this story. This, this is not being carried along by our efforts and our work, and we just need to be faithful to what he's doing. That is so anchoring for me in this process, to know what, what God is doing and be able to look and say, we didn't make that happen. We didn't script that. This wasn't the fruit of our work and, and, and our intelligence. It was God. And, and I just want to keep being in that place where he keeps telling his story, and we keep being amazed by it. That's a, um, one of the things that, um, that's, that's much how I felt as well. Just, just, it, it wasn't as linear as I thought it would be. It was surprising. It was really feeling like we were being guided through this process. And we had 12 people that were a part of the, the vision team and, and another 12 or so that were part of the prayer team that made up that new story team for was it March, March, April, May primarily and into June. And um, just a great, great process. And if you weren't a part of the Pulse group, I want to tell you that the two things that have kind of risen up that um, have been in, in some way uncovered, we're really careful to say we're not creating a vision, we're uncovering the vision that, that, God's, that God's placed within our hearts as a church. Uh, and the two things that, that, that kind of rose up out of that that were really clear as we walked through this process. And again, if you've been in a Pulse group, you've heard some version of this already. Um, but the first part of it is that, that what, one of the things that God has done in us is he's created in us a, a desire and a, um, and a capacity to, to, to be spiritually formed as, as courageous disciples, that, that, that we're a church that God has called to make disciples. And that's not unique. That's not many churches are that. But it, it's, it's, it's something that... that that has been uniquely built into us by, by God through our first 15, 16 years, that we have a heart to, to know Jesus more, to know his word, to grow in that, to be able to, to learn how to lead others in that. It's in our DNA. It's, it's, it's what gets us excited. It's what, where we've seen fruit in the life of our church. And it's actually what followers of Jesus need in Portland right now. We all know that it is a challenge and it's difficult to follow Jesus in our city. Regardless of your age or background, it's hard to follow Jesus in Portland right now. If you look at our metro area, it's, it's one, of the, one of the most challenging places in our nation to, to follow Jesus. And so we're a church rooted in the city of Portland with some kind of history. Now, not, not huge, but, you know, 15, 16 years. And, and God's called us to be a place that is is helping others walk deeply and be deeply formed around the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so that's at the core of who we are. And so we're going to find new ways to do that. Um, and we'll be talking about that more in the future. The other thing, that's the first thing. The other thing is, is, uh, is, is not just to be spiritually formed in Jesus, but the second part of it, the second thing that rose out of this process is that we want to multiply and send missionaries out into our city. Um, the, the, the language that came up was leadership multiplication, uh, and I'm intentionally switching out leadership with missionary because we use leadership development so much and so frequently in, in our church already. But what this is, is it's, a, it's an idea of sending out into our city. Um, where are the Pavlishes? Hollers, you guys are in the back row um, back there. We, we mentioned them if you were in one of our gatherings this morning. Um, they've been a part of our church for how many years? Five, right? And are headed to, to East Asia is what we're saying, right? Okay. Shh. Yeah, I'm allowed to say that. They gave me the thumbs up. So they're headed to East Asia. East Asia is far away from here if you're not familiar with geography. That's far away. They're not going to be commuting in. We're not going to see them for a little while. They're following God's call to East Asia. They're missionaries. That is tremendous. 
God's called most of us not to East Asia, but to Portland, Vancouver metro area. And God wants to use us and work through us. And as he continues to form us and deepen us in him and give us courage and help us to live distinctly where we're placed, we're going to be missionaries for him wherever we're placed. We've got to figure out how to do that. We want to be better at that. We want to find out how God can work through us in, in more and better ways and to be a church that is constantly sending in, into our city. Those are the two things that, that God has surfaced through us, that he wants us to, to grow as disciples and he wants to send us as missionaries right here. Now, that's not all wordsmith and pretty and all that yet, but that's the seeds of what's coming up. It would be, I've, I've sh- shared this the last few Sundays or over the last month a couple times that I, I get impatient and I'm itching to go and we're right here in the middle of 2019. I would love to be like, Jesus, can we get a pass on the rest of Jubilee and, and just, just go? And in case you haven't heard, the answer is no on that one. So we're going to finish out our Jubilee. Um, and so what, what I'd like to, to share with you now is just a few things that, that we're working on to make sure that we finish Jubilee well. Um, and so we've each got uh, one or two that we're going to share of what that looks like for our next six months. Uh, and then come January 2020. 2020 um, is, is when we'll have the rest of the vision uh, kind of kind of finished and, and clarified and ready to go. And, and you, we'll, be, we'll be all seeing that over the next couple months. But, but one thing that's clear right now is that we're called to finish uh, jubil, Jubilee well, which is, which is 2019. So we want to share these things. And then what we want to do is end our time before dessert with, with just a, a, a brief time of prayer together. So let us, let us hit these few things. Am I first? Okay. You know the first, well, you know the first one. The, the first one is we finished Jubilee well is to, uh, is this summer we're just resting. The last few summers we've done more. We've had more things and activities and uh, a number of you have volunteered for a bunch of stuff. And what we're doing is we're, we're going simple. We're going uh, a fun, sweeter, savory snack on Sunday after the gathering. That'll be summer fun. Yippee. And then we're doing abide, abide times of worship and prayer on Sunday nights. And, and that's it. Youth have got their thing, middle school, high school. Um, that's great. I hear college students are doing a ton of stuff, and, and that's great. But church-wide, we're, we're kind of doing Sundays, and, and that's it. And that's in an effort to, to allow us to rest. Um, if I can also say in that, um, uh, Adam and I, um, I do about 50% of the teaching here. Adam does about a quarter, and then the other quarter has been a couple other people. John Chang has helped us out this year, and uh, Becky Josberger has just come on. And so um, what we're doing, we're, we've carved out four weeks at the, uh, back in July, beginning of August, uh, where, where neither Adam or I are, are going to be up. And so um, that's another way that we're just trying to, to build in rest and to not push hard. Uh, during the summer. And so um, for us as a church, Sundays, um, prayer and worship in the evening, uh, our normal gatherings at 9 and 11, um, but that's what we've got planned during the summer. When we hit fall, so after Labor Day weekend, that's going to be our marker for the end of summer. Um, Once we head into fall, um, what we're doing is and and don't get too spooked by this, but we've got a a 100-day plan um, that we're starting in the fall that our, our vision coaches have um, helped us form to get us ready for uh, January 2020. And I don't have all the details in front of me, but actually, no, these are the next things that you guys are going to be talking about. That was so good planning on my part. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a hundred day plan that will, will help us prepare, finish Jubilee well and prepare for 2020. As I say that, can I have anybody that was on the vision team or the prayer team that made up our new story team? Would you stand up and let us thank you? Ready, go.
Thank you so much. Um, there was, again, a prayer team and a, and a vision team that, that made that up. Um, and just in case you didn't know what you were clapping for, um, just made themselves available. They took off time off of work. Um, we, we spent, a, in March, we had a two-day, um, two full days that, that, that we were here. And then in, in May, we had a three-day, I think, in the, in the middle of the week. And so just thank you so much for making yourself available to be used by God uh, during our visioning process. Okay, who's... Adam. Me. Um, I'm going to give us just a, uh, a brief update on Mosaic Communities. Um, looking at this, this past year, knowing that, that through the assessment process, that was something that was highlighted as being broken and yet being something that, that we all need. We know that we're, we're called to, to live life with one another and to be in community. And so we have spent this year of, of jubilee, of, of, of resting, really working on the foundations of what this, this could be. And uh, we're given such a, a blessing. We were approached after the assessment um, by, by someone who works uh, in a high-level management in the business world, and he, he just kind of showed up out of the blue and said, hey, would, would you like some help? And yes, I, we're not good at this. Please help us. And we've been working kind of methodically on, on, on this, this foundation of, of what, it, what it requires for us to have the kind of community ministry where everyone who says, I, I want to share life, there, there's a way to do that. And so we've uh, been working at establishing a directional team of, of people who are leading this and, and shaping it, and then recruiting coaches who coach our, our community leaders so that everyone who's leading a group has someone who's resourcing them, who's praying for them, who's meeting with them. Um, and this fall, we, we want to launch Mosaic Communities, and our dream is to launch 33 uh, communities. And it's not a, not a magical number or a goal number. Um, it actually came um, out of, of the... Uh, the amount of groups that we need based on the size church we are. And I, I had come to the lead team and said, we need 30. Tim said, I don't like round numbers. Let's make it 33. So if, if we have 30 and we're short three, Tim has volunteered to lead three groups this fall. Thanks, Tim. Um, and this is something that's, it's, it, we're, we're believing God is going to do this because as Tim said, we're, we're in a season of rest and, and yet we're, we're knowing, we, we know and believe that we are called to live life together. And, and so I am praying and believing that God is leading you um, that, that he's putting on your heart and giving you the vision to lead communities, um, to be willing to share your space, your home, uh, to share your heart, to, to create space where people can grow and disciple and do these things that, that we feel called to. Um, and so that's, that's where we're heading into this summer is preparing for launching this in, in the fall. And uh, it's, been, it's been a bit of work, but I'm, I'm real excited for what God is doing. Me too. Um, we are really excited about bringing on a kids director this next year. So we know that if, you, if you're here, if you're a parent, if you have kids out in, in the schools here, that um, it's, it's a different world. And it's a world that in this city is largely without Jesus. In fact, um, I would say that my, my son goes to a public school out east in, in East Portland, and he... Um, I would say the majority of the kids know the name of Jesus only as a cuss word. And so we are in a post-Christian era, and we have a whole mission field in front of us with kids. And so we want to be raising up our kids, networking them with each other, with volunteers who are pouring into them. Um, we want to be leading them to, to Jesus, to, 
to knowing how to navigate scripture, to knowing how to be in scripture, to knowing how to listen for his voice. And then also um, be, having a place that is just excited to, to lead them to, to Jesus each week and to bring friends who want to be part of that. So we really are sensing that in our, in our city right now, there is a huge opportunity for us to reach the next generations for Jesus. There's a need and we can meet that need. We as a, as a church family with, with Jesus leading us can, can be a part of reaching those kids. And so we're going to bring on a kids director this next year. Connor and I are working on a profile for uh, what that will look like. We'll be appreciating um, prayers, any, any questions that you have that, that will help shape that. Um, definitely be in touch. And then also, um, I just want to sneak in a, a really quick uh, provision. And uh, that is that... you. You know, one of the things that we heard through the church health assessment was that maybe we needed some administrative help. I don't just, I, I think, I th- yeah, I thought there'd be more chuckles and nods, but um, <laughs> um, we have had a number of volunteers step in and step up to, to come be a part of helping us with that. It's awesome. We have these volunteers who are in our office, who are, who are helping us, who are um, helping create systems, helping build infrastructure. And then the other thing that we had is, uh, you know, Bethany and Michael Len, as they moved back home this past spring to their home in Washington, which had been their kind of intention all along, um, we got a call from someone that, and it just, someone who's been at Mosaic for, for years and years, and she said, hey, I just want to know more about the role, and that is Bryn Krause. And, woo, yeah. Bryn, hey, she's in, the, she's in the booth, if you can, yeah, thank you. That's Bryn, and um, man, this is, yes, Nike. She was, um, uh, Bryn works at Nike, and as you guys, I'm sure, can guess, um, Nike, probably working at Nike, Nike looks a whole lot different than working at Mosaic, and also um, might even pay more. So um, Bryn actually being led to leave Nike and to come and serve at Mosaic was just such a gift. So I I remember uh, (laughs) um, calling Tim and saying, hey, what what did we say? You said, I don't want to tell you this in case it doesn't work out because somebody just asked about the role. And I said, please tell me. And you said, Bryn. And I said, just ask for a start date. Like when, <laughs> when would that be? Bryn's been yes. around Mosaic for twelve years, so she's not a new person known, and 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 just also wanted to be able to say, yeah, we recruited her away from Nike. Yes, yes. Um, just do. Just to it. be clear, we didn't. God did it. Yay, Jesus. Thank yes. you, Bryn. You're great. Thank you. Yes. Bryn also led the entire team that made all of tonight happen. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Bryn. Thank you, Bryn. And can we thank the team that helped make tonight happen, yes. too? Thank you, Brenda. Yes. Thank you, team. So. Hey, uh, head, heading into this next year, wanted to look at the budget that we have, uh, God has been leading us to build. Um, wanted to look back at 2018, 2019, this year that's control. Uh, concluding. And uh, the budget that we had built that we talked about this time last year was $1.2 million. We had built our spending, our projected um, ministry budget at $1.1. And what the hope was there was to rebuild reserves that we had depleted. And um, 
This year, our budget was really different, as you can imagine, with the church health assessment and with the revisioning process, and our team did an awesome job adjusting to that and really um, kind of paring down their um, what they had intended to do um, to reallocate towards those. We are looking at coming in, as you can see, at proje uh, projected spending. This is where we think we're going to most likely end up. Um, and then as you can see, the projected giving uh, is just awesome after the year that we have had. So uh, we're, we're grateful we're going we're gonna to end up. We've, we have um, built our reserves. So even in a year that we've had uh, with the type of spending that we've had that we, we have been able to rebuild some of those reserves. We're looking ahead to 2019, 2020, and the budget that we are building is, um, it have built, have built and has been approved by the board is 1.15. Um, we are, we try and keep our, our personnel um, budget under a certain amount, and we're still uh, we're still within that range. What that does is keeps us from being too inward focused as a church. It helps us stay outward focused, but we are allocating some more of our budget towards that uh, as we bring in um, a kids director, as we look at um, kind of re reorging and rechanging some things there. Our um, operations budget, so facilities, you know, lights. Hopefully heat, hopefully air conditioning. <laughs> um, 24% and then our ministry budget, um, which is broken down this way. Our ministry budget is broken down into uh, leadership development. So that's our community and uh, staff. And then community, which is kids and youth. Um, and groups and communities, and then worship, which is Sunday morning. So it is our worship teams, teaching, all that goes into uh, welcome team, coffee, everything. And then mission. So mission is what we do missionally as a church in our city, how we serve, and then also um, how we reach um, how we send people, Co Kosovo, um, Haiti Foundation of Hope. Uh, publishes, uh, that all is mission there. This is a really, really, really big overview. I am available. If, if you ever have questions and you want to come in and see what a breakdown of the budget looks like, if you have more detailed questions that maybe might hit this whole room, just email me, call me. I'll, I'll get back to you. We can set up a time to actually talk about what that looks like. Mark, can you drop back two slides? Yep, that one. Um, I just I just want to pause here for a, a moment, um, so to make sure we're all hearing and seeing the same thing. Um, our our projected spending right now. We're, so we're at today is June twenty third, the end of the month uh, this year. Fiscal year is June thirtieth, um, so we're a, a week away. Uh, our giving year to date uh, does not include this this week, like this Sunday. Um, we don't know what those are, so that was that is as of like last Tuesday probably. Um, and um, uh, two months ago, we were projected to give a million one hundred thousand and one hundred fifteen thousand. In the last like three months, our giving has trended up significantly, um, and we're actually on track to give more this year than we did last year. That's amazing. <laughs> like, 
so first of all, yay, Jesus. Um, thank you. And, and this, is, this is just deeply encouraging. One of the things we set out to say is as we ended last year's fiscal year, we had, we had drained our reserves significantly. And that's not a flashy, fun thing <laughs> to say, hey, we're setting a budget to restock our reserves. We've been able to do that this year. Actually, slightly more than we even anticipated it, it looks like. That's, that's tremendous. Um, as I'm forgetting something. I just had it. Now it's gone. Shoot. Um, one of the reasons we were able to do that is, is because we've, we've gone uh, understaffed this year. We've, we've not hired a, a couple positions, so we've held back in order to, um, to hit spending so low this year. And as Kim said, that's one of the things that we're, uh, we're moving forward as we head into this next year, specifically with our kids' uh, ministry um, that is, is so critical to who we are as a church in, in the city at this time. Uh, as, as we move forward, we're, we're probably going to hit over that. Our budget for next year, we, we will probably exceed that in this year if we have a good giving week this next week as the last week of the, of the year. And the reason that we're doing that is that for the last three years, we've projected a budget and hit under that. And one of the reasons is we've set it at 1.15 is that we want to have a year where we exceed our projected giving. So that would be great to do this next year. The other thing is, is um, we're setting our budget here, uh, which is well within sight. I think we'll exceed it. We also have uh, a couple things physically that we need to do to the building um, to get it, it ready for the future. Um, if you um, have never seen our kitchen downstairs before um, and you don't have extra above and beyond to give, don't go in there. Um, if you have extra above and beyond to give or if you want to walk in and have God convict you to give a little more, we're planning on doing that this year in some form. I'm sure some of us are really good at figuring out how to do that, but that's one thing that needs to get done uh, for the future, and I can see a few of you celebrating that, that that's on it. But that's one of the reasons that we're setting uh, the budget at, at that. Um, and in case this is new to you, um, we as the staff present a budget. I take a budget to our board, um, and we discuss it as a board, and then the board approves the budget, and then we do this as we share it with us as a, as a whole church. So um, that's how, how we got to that, the process that, that arrives at that. Um, so again, just a tremendous giving year. Thank you. Um, Lent giving was a new thing that we did, and, and we responded um, just really sacrificially. So just want to celebrate that again. Uh, thank you very much. Last thing. Um, our uh, yeah, our um, voting stuff for our we voted on right now and again the last few years we've had partners party in April or May we've moved it to late June because our fiscal year starts July one um, and and also uh, to we'll, we'll hit these kind of business kind of things where we where we uh, affirm uh, those things so we had board nominating committee and bylaws if you were a partner you got a sheet to fill this out um, just to report all all three pass, and we had, uh, um, I think I'm reading this right, we had 88 cards filled out, um, it looks like four of them abstained, so or may, does that just mean there was an empty card in there? Uh, bylaws uh, scored 100%, so way to go bylaws, congratulations. <laughs> Nominating committee was uh, 83 yeses, one no, and board was 83 yeses and one no. Our board members are Ron Alvey, our new board. Would you stand up and wave? Nice picture in the lobby. And C.J. Martin. <laughs> Boom. As you're clapping for them, know also that they have been, they've filled inner interim slots on the board. So they've been serving as board members, as we've shared in our family meetings through the last few months, and now they're officially in. So... 
Congratulations. Um, and our nominating committee, if you've never heard of that before, it's two partners that join two board members and myself, so it makes up five of us, that, that kind of vet and process and discern future board members. And so um, that nominating committee consists of me, uh, Bruce Haggerty, yeah, yeah, Terry Hill, back there. <laughs> yes, that's good. And then the ones that we just voted in partners who are going to serve in this capacity are Zach Stack, dude, 83 out of 84, way to go, and uh, Bree, where's Bree? Right there. right there, 83 out of 84 as well, so way to go. I don't know if Zach held you back or if you held him back. I don't know how it is, but that's phenomenal. Thank you very much for serving in that way. Would you give them a hand as well? If I can leave you with a word, it's... Um, the, the word that has kept coming back to me is preparation. That God has intentionally and specifically moved us into an uncomfortable, unique season in order to prepare us for what's next. We're midway through a jubilee year. God is beginning to work in new ways. You heard some of it today. One of the things that we're going to do in the next week or two is to capture more stories that we have to share on video and, and get those out um, through our, I don't know how, through, through ways that we can see videos. And um, so we can hear more of what God's doing, but he's preparing us for, for what's next. And that's beginning um, to become more and more clear as, as we move through uh, this year. And, and part of what's next is that God wants to do something through us in our city for this time in a city that's desperately in, in need of Jesus. Um, Here's what I want to invite you to do. We're, I'm two minutes over, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I want to ask us, if, if we can do this, can we, we all stand and uh, we're, we're great at this, but grab the hand of the person next to you and just completely fill in the aisles and, and that kind of thing. And we'll do it up here as well. That's just, that'll work. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us. And then uh, we have some, some form of dessert that is, I'm sure, just delicious. Does any, do we know what it is? That'll be distracting. I'll pray and then we'll get, we'll get on the announcement <laughs> of dessert. Jesus, you are good. You are alive. Uh, you are the reason that we uh, have moved from death to life, that we know you and that you've brought us to life and, and changed us and are in the process of, of continuing to refine and grow and, and make us in who you've called us to be. First and foremost, individually, personally, that you're doing a work in us. And then after that, you want to work in us as a community, as a church family, in us as a whole entity that you want to work through, that we want to be your light here in this city uh, and wherever you call us and send us. And so, God, would you continue to work, continue to move us into the places that you need to move us, even when it's uncomfortable, that we don't like it, that we squirm and, and want to get out of it and eject as fast as possible. And yet, God, keep us in that place until you've made us into the women and men that you want us to be so that we can be the church that you want us to be. Jesus, as Mosaic, we are yours, that you are our leader. Uh, you're our senior pastor. You're the one that we follow. You're the one that shapes us and directs us and guides us. And so would you continue to be our first love? Would we love you more than anyone else, anything else? Would you be at the center of our hearts and our mind and our attention? Would you capture us in new ways? God, help us to finish out this jubilee well. Would you help us to rest well and not, not lurch ahead or jump ahead of you? We don't ever want to be in that place where we're ahead of you. And so help us finish out this jubilee year well. Would you continue to show us that, 
that you're continuing to bear your fruit in and through us, even in a year that feels in many ways like a drought. God, you are good and you are faithful. We're so grateful uh, for your grace and your provision in this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.